everybody, and welcome back to the movie. Strong drink, strong drink, strong drink, strong Crowning the champion to the best video game franchise of all time. We're going to meet all of our panelists. We're going to go through what everyone's drinking. But before we do that, I was having a text conversation with my friend James uh, earlier. And I was like, James, James, you know, what kind of whiskey should I drink tonight? And James says, Chris, my best friend, I think you should go for the whiskey that's in the jar. I said, James, I think I've heard your band Metallica play that. And he goes, Chris, I prefer to be called Mr. Hetfield. And then neither here nor there. He said, drink the whiskey in the damn jar. So I poured myself a whiskey from the jar, and I've got the strongest whiskey I can that I actually have. This is 132 proof. It's a Jack Daniels single barrel select for Kenny's Liquors here in Riverview, or over in Brandon, sorry. Uh, and I have actually had already had a couple sips, if you can't tell. But let's meet the rest of our panelists. We're going to start here in Largo, Florida. Tony, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? Hey, Chris, I'm doing good tonight. Uh, I am actually drinking my highest proof bourbon, which is uh, my Jim Beam tonight. It's a small batch, uh, ten year, uh, store pick. So it's pretty, pretty hot, but it's still smooth at the same time. It's it's very interesting. I have actually never had a private barrel from Jim Beam, so I'm curious. Where'd you get that at? Uh, Lucan's. Oh, I guess I need to make my way over there more often. Yeah, they get some good stuff in there every once in a while. Speaking of making my way there more often, I haven't been to Dallas, Texas in a little over, uh, I think, damn near two years at this point. But we know who else is out in the Dallas area, more likely Fort Worth. Steven, my friend, how are you and what are you drinking? I'm doing pretty good. Per Southern Charm, I officially have to welcome y'all if you want to come. But right now I'm going to go ahead and crack open a delicious standard Diet Coke because we got a lot of hard decisions ready and I need to be on my A game. So I'm going with my traditional beverage. Stephen, with the beverage of choice, Diet Coke, the choice of a new generation. I think that's Diet Pepsi. I could be wrong. I haven't seen Wayne, Wayne's World in a while. Neither here nor there. Let's move it on over to the north side of Chicago. Stu, how you doing? What you drinking? Good, Chris. I'm good. Uh, I've just got a standard Blue Moon tonight. Keeping a classic. Uh, one of my favorite beers. So. Well, man, it is uh, like 90 degrees outside here in Florida. Blue Moon sounds delightful. Am I, am I right? Are you in the north side of Chicago? I forget what part of the city you are. Uh, I'm in like the of. western suburbs. Western suburbs. Okay, close enough, close enough. North yeah, and west not... are near each other. That's one out of four. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's keep it here in the lovely Sunshine State. We're going over to Jennifer. Jennifer, how you doing? What you drinking? I am doing fantastic. Um... I just walked in the door from dinner, so I do not have a beverage in front of me just yet, but I'm, I'm sure before the first part of this session is over, I will have one of my trusty Angry Orchard ciders in front of me. Oh, there you go. Angry Orchard is the choice of an old generation. I'll hey, take it, though. Hey, 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 hey. I'm I your mean, age. Calm down. I'm your age. Calm down. <laughs> We're bringing it over to the same house, just across the house somewhere, I'm assuming. Jason, my friend, how are you, and what's in your glass? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm having my weakest drink of all the podcasts. It's a zero-proof Zephyr Hills water. Say what you want. Zephyr Hills, I think, is the best bottled water I have ever had. Big fan. Big fan. I actually have back there a giant, like, 
multiple gallon dispenser of Zephyr Hills. I have delivered every month because I love Zephyr Hills water so much. Tasty but weak. It is. It is weak. It's weak sauce. Up your game, Zephyr Hills. That's all we're saying. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're here. This is the Sweet 16, and I've looked at our picks. At the Boozy Bractology podcast, we've made some bad decisions throughout the course of, the, throughout the course of this podcast. Uh, bravo to our troops here because they have gotten... I don't want to say they've gotten them all right, but the picks that are here are going to be really tough decisions to make. So we're going to start it off. And we're going to start it off with Tony. You are picking the one seed Super Mario Brothers, which managed to get itself past Jack and Daxter and then past Spyro. It's taking on the four seed of Metroid, which got itself past Crash Bandicoot and Mega Man. Tony, kick us off. So, yeah, we definitely have a bunch of hard decisions coming up. Um, I think this is fortunately one of the easier decisions on this bracket. Uh, That is not to diminish what Metroid is as a game. Uh, Had it gone up against almost anything else, and and we've seen it in the past, it's taken down some big names like Mega Man. So, I mean, it's a wonderful game series. Samus is probably one of the most influential characters in video game history. Uh, But it's up against Mario, and you just can't, in good consciousness, take out the godfather of video games. Uh, From everything he's done, you know, we'll we'll talk about some more a little bit later and some even further episodes when we get more time to talk about Mario in specific. But everything, his worst game is probably Super Mario 2. And that is still a phenomenal game. So, Super Mario Bros. Super Mario Brothers picks up his first vote. We're going to Steven. Yeah, you gotta you gotta feel terrible for Metroid here because the Metroid series is amazing from the original Metroid all the way through Metroid Prime. Every single one of those games is a game I absolutely adore. And on average, you might even be able to make the case that Metroid is better on average from game to game, but it never achieves the heights that Super Mario Brothers 3 does in my mind. That's just, those are games that I play over and over and over. And you know, like I own Super Mario 64 in like three different formats because I play that game over and over and over. There's just wonderful, delightful, whimsical world that Mario exists in that's somehow unmatched. So as much as I love Metroid, this has got to go to the Mario. Super Mario Brothers picks up its second vote. Stu, you have the chance to move it to the Elite Eight. Are you taking it? I'm taking it, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, Tony and Steven said it already. I feel bad for Metroid. It's not to discredit it, but it's against Super Mario Brothers. You know, I mean, from the 2D platformers to the 3D platformers, Mario Sunshine is still, you know, probably in the top three favorite games of all time for me. But, uh, yeah, I... You know, not to discredit Metroid, but it's got to go to Super Mario Brothers on this one. And with that, Super Mario Brothers is moving on. We're going to bring it over to Jennifer to get her opinion, though. I mean, I don't want to foreshadow too much here, but I have a feeling that this is going to be a sweep. Like, the first go, the first sweep. I mean, it, I mean all of it right here in Super Mario Brothers, because... I mean, you have this Goliath versus Metroid. I mean, it, you can't really compare these two. They're both fantastic games, but Super Mario Brothers has brought 
so much more to the table over the years, I feel. And I think Metroid right now is just finally really picking up its stride. But Super Mario Brothers, just it, it already has that history and it has that place in our history, in our childhoods. So absolutely Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers got its fourth vote. It has yet to receive a vote against it. Let's hear what Jason has to say. Yeah, not much uh, that hasn't been said already. Um, unfortunately, Metroid is a fantastic game as it is. Just isn't going to beat Mario. Uh, it's just there's no way. Mario's the behemoth. Uh, it's transcended, I think, uh, a simple franchise uh, mascot, if you will, of Nintendo. It, it's something special unto itself. Uh, we're going to talk about Mario a bit. I think I even called Mario as the finalist in the very, very first bracket. So not surprised to see it here, and we'll be seeing it in the next round. We definitely will, as Mario has swept its way into the Elite Eight, and we are moving on. We're starting this next one off with Steven. Steven, you're choosing between the lone low seated bracket low seated team in the bracket here the 11 seed super star wars which bounced its way past both donkey kong and kirby it's taking on the dominant two seed sonic the hedgehog which rolled over both earthworm jim and castlevania on its route to the sweet 16 steven the opinions and the choice is yours super star wars three exceptional, great, brutal games that sort of demonstrate what a almost platonically wonderful SNES game is. Sonic... Sonic is timeless. Sonic is amazing. Sonic is, frankly, the only one who could possibly compete with Mario, and so it's only fitting those two meet in the final round. I love the Sonic games. They're amazing, they're fast. They're simple, and yet I, I just love how inventive they are, how that, like, even in the early games, there were three or four different ways to get through any of the levels. It's it's brilliant. It's got a good little mythology in and of itself. Sonic is amazing here. Uh, as much as you want to give it to everyone else, this was always going to be Sonic and Mario in my mind. Those are just amazing franchises with so many good games. Sonic takes it here. Sonic picks up its first vote. We're going over to Stu. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, not to discredit Super Star Wars, but and I'm not even the biggest Sonic fan in the world. You know, I I feel like they've had a lot of blunders and everything, but Sonic is still Sonic. It has a legacy there, and it it's not over yet. You know, Super Star Wars is is pretty much done and and will remain in the state that it's always going to be in, which is an, an amazing state, but. Sonic has the chance to grow and develop a lot more, and it already has such a legacy behind it. So, Sonic the Hedgehog for me. Sonic picks up its second vote. We're going to Jennifer. Yeah, I mean, it's already been said. Both are... I mean, okay. So, I again, Super Star Wars, I don't have much experience with, but even if I did, I have a feeling that I would have picked Sonic anyways, because... It does have more history. I mean, I, it, more games in the franchise itself anyways. But, I mean, it just has more widespread notoriety. I don't know. That, I don't think that's the right word. But it's, everybody knows who Sonic is. Everybody knows the game. Everybody knows, you know. But 
I mean, uh, I, I don't know many people who have played Super Star Wars. I mean, that it, it is just it is what it is. So I'm I'm gonna have to roll with Sonic. Sonic has yet another vote. Jason is the dominance continuing. I'm having a hard time saying this. Uh, I love you, Star Wars. You always have a place in my heart. But you can't beat Sonic. Come on. Sonic is the mascot for Sega. Um, I think Jen said it once before. Like I can hear the, the rings. The rings in my head right now. But Star Wars, the music was great. The game was great. But Sonic is iconic. And I love the thought of going up against Mario in the next round. So uh, let's see it happen. Sonic. Sonic has its fourth vote. Tony, do we have a sweep? I hate to say it, but yeah. Kind of makes the the trek to this point almost not worthless, but like, like Steven said, it, from the beginning, we always knew it was going to be Mario versus Sonic. So let's see how things shake up in the next round. Um, let's go fast. Sonic the Hedgehog is moving on to the Elite Eight, and we are moving on. That is the end of our platform game portion of the of the uh, the bracket. We are moving on to our RPG piece, and we're going to start with uh, with Stu here. Stu, you're choosing between the number one overall seed in this part of the bracket, which is Pokemon, which poked its way past Monster Hunter and The Witcher to get to the Sweet 16. It is taking on the four seed of Elder Scrolls, which rolled its way past Diablo and Baldur's Gate. Stu, the choice is yours. I have such a history with both of these games. Countless summers you know, getting lost in Oblivion or Morrowind or Skyrim and countless summers playing Pokemon and doing nothing but but grinding to get my team as best as possible so I could beat my friends as we all sat on the couch next to each other. I have such good memories with both of these. And it's a really hard pick between the two of them. But I think my intuition and my first gut reaction is that it's got to be Pokemon. There's something about the game that, you know, like we've said before, like there's something for everybody and it just, it, it holds such a warm place in my heart and I think it will forever stay there. Elder Scrolls. Yes, uh, they are fantastic, but Pokemon just has more, I guess, universality, if you will. Uh, everybody loves Pokemon. Not really, but a lot of people love Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon, the one seed, picks up its first vote in a decision that if you can't tell by the inflection of Stuart's voice, I think part of his soul died making that choice. That He, he took that a little hard, but let's, let's keep on going here. Jennifer, you're up. All right, so... Um... I, I don't think this was necessarily as hard for me. Um, I did not vote for Elder Scrolls last time. Um, but to me, Pokemon is a game for all ages. It is everywhere. 
it I mean you can it's interactive you can play it in the park if you want to like literally chasing Pokemon and catching them like with Pokemon Go you know it, it's it's just brought so much to the table that I think it's just I don't know it's more widespread it's more play I think it's played more than Elder Scrolls is um yeah I'm gonna go with Pokemon Pokemon picks up its second vote. We're bringing it over to Jason. Yeah, so guys, this one uh, this one kind of pulls at me here. So if you guys remember, I did not vote for Pokemon. I, I don't play it. It's not my, my type of game. Uh, I do love the Elder Scrolls series. But I'm having a hard time picking Elder Scrolls to move forward. Looking at this bracket, I've got to give Pokemon some respect. I don't see Elder Scrolls in any, any any universe being a better game franchise than Pokemon. As much as I don't play it, I, I have to give Pokemon a fair shake. And I think, like Jen said, uh, just the broad appeal of the game alone to the mass audience, not to mention Pokemon Go, which I have to give credit for getting people up and about and getting some exercise and, and, and meeting friends uh, – has something special to it. So I'm going to actually vote for the game I don't play and say Pokemon. And in the first vote of the entire bracket for Pokemon, Jason, that's the first time you voted for it. I think you were the lone person to vote for Monster Hunter, and you were, I think, the lone person to vote for The Witcher. So nicely done. Way to come into the dark side. (laughs) Thank you. And with that, Pokemon's got a 3 to nothing lead. It's definitely moving on to the Elite Eight. But I want to hear from everybody, and that does include Tony. Look, it doesn't matter what I was going to say. Pokemon is great. I love it. I've played every generation probably too much. Um, Just looking at the mainline games, you've got some seriously great games. But you've also, if we're going to pull in the Pokemon Go and all that bullshit... Yeah, obviously, Pokemon is the number one selling franchise of all things. They sell the most merch. They sell the most cards. They sell the most anime. Whatever you want to call it, Pokemon has it. So, yeah, of course, they're going to move on. But Elder Scrolls, just when you look at it as a franchise, there's been five main games, one spinoff, and then an MMO created off of it. And of that, only the spinoff, Elder Scrolls Blades, was not really worth it. Six solid 500-plus-hour games. You know, the content that is just unbelievable. Just an endless plethora of stuff. Uh, it's something for any style of play, whether you're a, a stealth player, a heavy hitter, a mage. Elder Scrolls has it all for you. I think they're just phenomenal. And if, if I had my say, this would be moving on because... If I had to ask you, Pokemon Gen 9, Legends of Arceus, or Elder Scrolls 6, I guarantee you I'm going to take Elder Scrolls 6 before I ever take another Pokemon game. Tony is locked in a vote for Elder Scrolls. Let's see if he's going to stand on that island alone. Steven, you're up. Yeah, this one's a bit of a ball buster here because these are two great franchises that are both perfect RPGs. In very different ways. Um, one of them is all about focusing on a single character. 
min-maxing, doing everything you can to, per to create the perfect character for you to roleplay as. The other one's about collecting monsters. Um, so in a way, Elder Scrolls might be a little bit more of an RPG. Like, you know, I don't really spend a lot of time like thinking about how a Pokemon feels because, you know, it's a game based around dogfighting. So the more I care about them, the more it hurts. That being said, as much as Elder Scrolls is a great RPG franchise, it doesn't live as rent-free in my mind as Pokemon. I don't spend time figuring out what the best way is to measure what my character is like. I spend researching hours and hours how to build the best team because I want to go online and beat the 12-year-olds that are even better at me than me at Pokemon. And it really burns me to the red, so I got to go online and beat the 12-year-olds. So I got to spend time learning to make a better Pokemon team. So... Elder Scrolls will never dominate my mind in that way. As much as I do love that franchise, this has got to go to Pokemon. Pokemon picks up a 4-1 to one victory. We'll talk about it more in the Elite 8 and in the final episode of the Boozy Bracketology Best Video Game Franchise Podcast, but we are moving along. Jennifer, you're up first. We have got the 14 seed of Fire Emblem, which has just honestly upset City. Throughout the entirety of this bracket, it beat the three-seed Dragon Quest and then the six-seed Paper Mario, but it is taking on the dominant two-seed of Final Fantasy, which worked its way through both Mass Effect and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Does the young upstart Fire Emblem have a chance here? We're going to start again, like I said, with Jennifer. Okay, so first of all, Fire Emblem is not really young. <laughs> it's been around for a good long time. Okay. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Um, it's it's definitely not as widely known as Final Fantasy. Don't flick me off, Chris. I can see you. Um, but it's definitely not as, as widely known, I think, as Final Fantasy. Um, and uh, this is this is the moment I was dreading because, of course, I I, I think I think Chris planned it this way. I, these are not two that I really want to choose between, and I've said that in in past episodes. Um, not really looking forward to this, but um, Fire Emblem is newer to me, I would say, because I only learned about this um, more recently. But Final Fantasy is my forever love. So um, in the end, with all of the iterations, all of just, I mean. I, I, I could wax poetic, but we have time for that. Um, we don't have time for that. I'll do it later. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and call it uh, Final Fantasy. As Jennifer gives me way too much credit for remembering a conversation we had in passing over a week ago. We're going to move this along to Jason. Yeah, sorry. I, I don't have much of interest to say on this. The, I didn't ever play Fire Emblem, so I, I can't really judge it you know, on its merits as a game. I know a lot of people like it. So my vote's obviously going to go to Final Fantasy in this one because of this. I think Final Fantasy as a franchise is more recognized than Fire Emblem. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like the file, Final Fantasy franchise as a whole globally is is recognized much more easily than Fire Emblem. So with that being said, I'll leave it at Final Fantasy and we'll... Hopefully see it in the next round. 
Well, it's on its way there. A 2-0 lead would bring it over to Tony. This is, yeah, you know, a really curious matchup. It's probably Fire Emblem's worst matchup because it may only be three years younger than Final Fantasy, but you can tell it took so much in the way of, of cues. Uh, Final Fantasy came out in 87, um, literally as the final chance for the game director um, to, to get a game off the ground. I mean, he, he had worked for years on this. Um, I, and it, it spawned something that is going 24 years later. I mean, it's an incredible series. It, it's had its highs. It's had its lows. I'm looking at you, Final Fantasy 13, But when you consider that it's done every sort of type of game that an RPG has, it's gone from turn-based to... Um, to just free flow motion and the latest game final fantasy 15 and the remake final fantasy 7 still feel like final fantasy games like you get in you're like oh this is a completely new control scheme but i still feel exactly like i'm playing a final fantasy game there's still the same thought processes there's still the same leveling concepts all the characters still feel like Final Fantasy. You look at other games and you're like, oh, that kind of looks like a Final Fantasy character. You compare things back to Final Fantasy. It's why it has my vote. Final Fantasy has another vote. We're bringing it over to Steven. Yeah, this is another one that's a little bit of a puzzler because I respect Fire Emblem more. I think that they're more innovative. I think they're more challenging. Um, I think they're more once again more consistent but at the end of the day when I think about these two games uh, the one moment that comes out to me is that moment that every time you play through the original Final Fantasy 7 when you finally get to leave the city and you open up that world map and it's just like a breath of fresh air because you know there are so many possibilities and so much things to do. And you've got this beautiful change from this, you know, dark, grimy scheme that you've been playing in to this wonderful, lush green world. And that moment sticks in my head, probably because, you know, I was 10 when I first experienced it. But I don't have an emotional connection like that to the Fire Emblem games. I love them. And I love the fact that there's permadeath. I wish there was more permadeath in games today. But nothing touches me like that moment in Final Fantasy VII. And that, for me, is such a high peak, it's going to take it over Fire Emblem. Final Fantasy has got a 4 to nothing lead. It's obviously moving on to the next round, but let's hear from Stu and see if we have a sweep on our hands. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Fire Emblem. I, I don't think that anything really elicited such a harsh reaction from me when I was younger as when I lost my first teammate uh, <laughs> forever. But nothing like it. I think it, I think it pales in comparison, though, to seeing Aerith die or, you know, like fighting sin in final fantasy 10 or going against the lich in final fantasy one or you know like steven said when you first finally leave midgar and you get to go exploring final fantasy in just about every format is a masterpiece 
it's it's got to be Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy picks up its fifth vote. It's moving on in dominant fashion to the Elite Eight. And that brings us out of our RPG portion of the bracket. We are moving over to the action-adventure portion. And this is where things get interesting. We have got your one seed, The Legend of Zelda, which got its way past Doom in the Batman Arkham series, taking on the four seed of Assassin's Creed, which survived the shock from, sorry, survived the shock from Borderlands, and then somehow got past Red Dead Redemption to get to the Sweet 16. We're starting this one off with Jason. What'll it be? Yikes. Yikes, 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 guys. Yeah, this is... Of course, I get this one. This one's the hardest one for me here, out of all of them. Uh, oh, man, both fantastic game franchises. I mean, I'm going to say it now. Whichever one loses... Uh, it's going to be sad to see go, but whichever one wins, I'm going to be happy with. Assassin's Creed here, it beat out Red Red Dead Redemption for me, which is, that's a big one. Uh, Zelda beat out Batman, which is another big one for me. Um, the one thing, uh, I don't know, this might be a mistake. A lot of people are going to be screaming out there but I'm going to pick Assassin's Creed. Um, I'm going to pick Assassin's Creed for a couple things. One, I think what they tried to do, even with the stumbles, uh, was more successful and more engaging to me than Zelda. Zelda is fun and is amazing and beautiful uh, as they are. Assassin's Creed kept me intrigued with the different uh updates every year like you know the the new the new versions uh which locale are we going which time piece uh and i'm going to say one of the other reason was one of my favorite moments of all all gaming was sailing as a pirate in black flag singing the sea shanties i love it i'm gonna go with assassin's creed and i'm gonna hang up before i change my mind Assassin's Creed has picked up its first vote, and if I'm not mistaken, the first vote against the Legend of Zelda franchise, the entire bracket. We're bringing it over to Tony. I'm a little in shock right now. Um, Hold on. Give, give me just like two seconds to collect <laughs> my thoughts here. In what world is Assassin's Creed any more engaging than Legend of Zelda? I am sorry, you've got so many phenomenal games, and the worst one is the second one, or Skyward Sword, but the second one is still incredible, and Skyward Sword only falls down because of the motion controls that they tried to shoehorn in from the Wii. Story is incredible, looks great. Motion controls, not so great. Assassin's Creed is fun. I've had a great time playing it over the years. But there are about five games that I can name off right now that are complete and utter garbage. Syndicate. Uh, what is it? I can't even remember half of them. The one in France. The, they're just repeats. They're the exact carbon copies of the games before with a few different story elements thrown in and a new character. That's not fun. That's not engaging. I'm going to forget that. Sure, you play as Link in every Legend of Zelda, but you get a host of new characters to interact with there's wholly new mechanics every single legend of zelda game it, it 
even the direct sequels like Majora's Mask to Ocarina of Time. They direct sequel, and it's a completely different game. It goes to the Legend of. And Tony finishes uh, his thought uh, while on mute, but it devote did go towards the Legend of Zelda or the Legend of Zelda for those that are listening at home. We're moving this along, though. Steven, we've got a one-to-one tie. I want you to break that tie for me. Yeah, so uh, first a minor correction to the last panelist. Skyward Sword also fails a little bit because it doesn't have a straight overworld. You have to warp with the bird to go anywhere. So that feels a little less Zelda-y than the uh, previous games. And a uh, another slight correction to our first panelist to go. Are you out of your goddamn mind? What the fuck is wrong with you? Are you honestly bringing that weak shit Assassin's Creed here to the legend of goddamn Zelda? One of these things is a goddamn legend. Legend of Zelda is an amazing series. It's been said, like even the worst one, Zelda 2, still fun as hell to play. Even ones that people don't care about, like Minish Cap. Minish Cap's a great game. Why doesn't Minish Cap get talked about more? Legend of Zelda has so many games now, and there's a game for everyone. If you like, if you're one of those completionist people, go out and get yourself Wind Waker. There's going to be a billion things for you to collect. If you like someone of a darker tone in your game, then go grab Majora's or Mask. You're going to have like walking around as a dead Deku Sprout for half the game. Uh, you, if you want something just cute and light, there's that we make of Link's Awakening that is delightfully chibi cute. The Legend of Zelda is great because it's got a core of itself that it never loses, but the universe is plastic enough and stretchable enough that they get to experiment with every game. It's a game where the map literally changes every single time and nobody really cares because we're having too much fun because it feels like Zelda even if the continuity is all fucked to hell. And we don't care if the continuity is all fucked to hell because we love Zelda because it's a superior series. The Legend of Zelda. And as a reminder, Stephen, that these are our guests that we're having on the podcast. And we should treat them with a little bit of respect. Legend of Zelda has got a two-to-one lead. We're bringing this one over to Stu, and let's see if he can be a little bit more uh, cordial to our valued panelists. Yeah, I mean, I'll be <laughs> I'll be cordial to our valid panelists, but I'm not cordial to Assassin's Creed. I mean, I, I'm glad that Tony said it, too. Uh, and I'll say it again from a previous round, like Assassin's Creed is just you're just slapping on a different era uh, or location on the same game again and again and again. And yeah, there are some amazing games in there, but <laughs> I mean, it is it is Legend of Zelda. I still get chills every single time that I hear the, the sword, like the Triforce collect itself and then the sword come crashing down on the link to the past. I mean, I've, I've played almost every single one of them. I even went back and grabbed the game and watch version of it just to play it, just to know that I've played pretty much every Zelda at that point. This is a game worth everybody's time in I mean, almost any game in the series is worth everybody's time. Well, The Legend of Zelda takes the cake. Legend of Zelda has a three-to-one lead. It's moving on to the round of eight. No, not the round of eight. The Elite Eight, but we're going to bring it over to Jennifer and get her opinion. Somebody's sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> uh, all I have to say is that is <laughs> Zelda. Yeesh. There's really no comparison. That's it. 
I don't know who's sleeping on the couch. Is it Jennifer or is it Jason? We'll find out later. But Legend of Zelda with a 4-1 to victory is into the Elite Eight, and we are moving on. And Tony, you're kicking this one off for us. Tony, you're choosing between the three seed of Halo, which got past the James Bond series of games and then past God of War, and it is taking on Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid got past the Legoverse and then past Lara Croft to get here. It is the 3-2 matchup we've all been looking forward to. Tony, kick us off. Look, I've talked a lot about Metal Gear in the past few rounds because I feel like it's really needed. For some reason, it's it's had an uphill battle to get here, even though when you look at the seating, it shouldn't have. Um, Metal Gear Solid is a phenomenal series. Uh, It's gotten wonky in the past few years. Um, That's more in part to Hideo Kojima just being done and wanting to do other things and failing, but uh, that's neither here nor there because it doesn't affect Metal Gear Solid. Um, However... It's not a flagship. It It's not something that people are instantly like, Metal Gear Solid. You know, you, you think Solid Snake. Most people don't remember half the other characters from that. You got Halo, and you got the only character you really need, and that's Master Chief. Um, it's been five games of the main series, a few little inner games in between there. Uh, Halo Wars, for anybody who's played those, are incredibly fun games um but even just looking at bungie era halo like the first three games are just this woven masterpiece of not just gameplay and and growth through that but also as a storyline it is the only first person shooter game that i care about the storyline for in fact i've gone as far as to read the extended universe books um Halo is fun, it's innovative, it it tries, it's beautiful. It has my vote over Metal Gear Solid. Halo's got a one to nothing lead. We're bringing this one over to Steven. So, um, I thought the first half of what was said there was really, really good. And the second half was also really, really good. There are compelling reasons to vote for both these games. <laughs> um... Maybe it's just that it's not exactly my genre, but there's one of these I lean towards more than the other. Um, I really can't objectively say what it is, but I feel like Metal Gear Solid is just a little bit more original in its game mechanics. I feel like with Halo, it's it's mechanically, it's just another first-person shooter. It's got a tremendous story and that's what puts it above the other first person shooters but i think i enjoy playing metal gear solid just a little bit more because this is a little bit more of a unique experience so i'm going to cast my vote that way metal gear solid picks up its first vote we've got a one-to-one tie and we're bringing it over to stew this is a tough one it's a really tough one i think that they're seated appropriately uh yeah i mean Tony said a lot of really good stuff there. Um, <laughs> but I really agree with him with like, you don't really remember anybody outside of snake other than maybe Otacon, but like it, I don't know. Metal gear doesn't leave as much of an impact on me as halo does. And there's a reason why, you know, when you start up the game and you can hear the chants, uh, or like that choral 
song in the background, like everybody knows what that is almost immediately. <sighs> Halo has had such an impact on like the major league gaming community and even just couch co-op in general uh, and like, you know, system linking. It's the game itself is fantastic, but I think it definitely deserves the vote for the impact that it's had on the gaming community at large. That alone is so substantial. My vote goes to Halo. Halo has got a two to one lead and Jennifer has the chance here to put it out of its misery or to see if Metal Gear Solid can get back in this game. The choice is yours. Um, so Jason's after me, right? Yes. Oh, are you going to punt? Are you going to punt? I have absolutely no stake in either of these games. I could not care less which one goes through. So um, you said uh, Metal Gear has two and Halo has one? Uh, Halo has two and Metal Gear has one. I'm voting for Metal Gear. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in the next room. we have warned you about the dangers of punting on the Boozy Bracketology podcast. This is how you get Moneyball. But that's exactly what happened. We have got a two to two tie, Halo and Metal Gear, bringing it over to Jason. But before we do, this is our first two to two tie of the evening. Does anybody want to use their buzzer beater to try and sway Jason one way or another? And you guys have no idea which way I'm going. <laughs> I don't see anyone lo- going in, uh, locking in their buzzer beater, Jason. I'm afraid you are all on your own here. Oh, my God. I- I'm still rubbing the aloe vera all over the burns from the last one, so I, I haven't even <laughs> recuperated. You guys are throwing this to me now? Seriously? Oh. I'm going to do eeny, meeny, miny, moe. <laughs> uh, Tony and Steven oh, might, have, uh, might just log off. Please don't do that. <laughs> oh, all right, both fantastic. Um, I'm leaning towards Halo. I really am. If anyone has any anything to add before I finish and lock it in, feel free. But I'm trying. I'm going to step back on this one. Uh, both games are great. The gameplays are great. They're different in their own rights. They kind of scratch different itches. Uh, but Halo for me. Uh, from a broad perspective, uh, represents more of the zeitgeist of its time. I think uh, you, you can see it in pop culture. You can see it at the co- uh, you know conventions being cosplayed with you know Master Chief. Uh, I mean, you got the, the the early memes like the Red vs. Blue series. Uh, that that's what's kind of leaning me towards Halo at this point. Metal Gear Solid didn't quite have that for me. I know it was out there a little bit here and there, but for the most part, Halo I think had more broad appeal. Uh, I'm gonna lock in Halo. And it sounds like the cultural impact of Halo is what kind of swayed everyone towards it. Well, everyone but Jennifer because she <laughs> she really likes that couch. Yeah, she likes the couch. Halo is moving on to the Elite Eight, and we are moving on to the final portion of our bracket, the final quadrant. This is the miscellaneous quadrant, and ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you, if you got tired of hearing a lot of one-two matchups and, uh, you know, three-fours and things like that, I guarantee we're not having that problem here because the highest seed remaining in this portion of the bracket is a three-seed. We're starting off with the nine-seed of Pac-Man. Pac-Man beat out Street Fighter and Call of Duty to get here, 
it is taking on the five seed of Mortal Kombat, which scared its way past Silent Hill and then walked all over The Sims. Pac-Man, Mortal Kombat, Steven, kick us off. So I think one thing that this bracket has made clear is that it's much easier to evaluate two things when they're kind of the same thing. When there are two completely different things, it's almost impossible, which means we currently have an almost impossible task here. <sighs> I've sunk more hours into Pac-Man. Um, there's no doubt in my, in my mind that I've spent more time eating dots in a maze being chased by ghosts than I have fighting the forces of Outworld. But I, and I like Pac-Man too. The the weird Sega Genesis one, as I've mentioned before, that's well, one's weird and it doesn't feel like a Pac-Man game, but it's a great game. Uh, Mortal Kombat is the same game for every single Mortal Kombat. But they're at least upping the mechanics. There's more to it than there is to the Pac-Man universe. And Mortal Kombat, it's... As a franchise, it's a better franchise. The Pac-Man franchise, let's face it, it died long ago. He gets nostalgia appearances here and there. He pops up in the Smash Brothers. But that franchise is dead, and Mortal Kombat is a living, breathing, killing machine. So I'm going to keep up with Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat picks up its first vote. We're bringing the next vote over to Stu. Yeah, I mean... Steven's right. Like, it's near impossible to compare these two things. It really is. But to one of his earlier points, you know, Mortal Kombat might essentially be the same game pretty much every time. But the thing is, they got it so right the first time that they didn't really need to do much to improve it other than expand on what they already had. Pac-Man yeah is also a you know quote-unquote perfect game for what it is but it's dated and i think that yeah it's just it comes down to almost pure nostalgia at this point you know pac-man 99 is phenomenal but i don't think pac-man 99 can carry the pac-man name against mortal kombat it's got to be mortal kombat for me mortal kombat's got a two to nothing lead we're bringing it over to jennifer yeah, I mean, it's already been said, um, but as much as I love Pac-Man and I have a lot of history with Pac-Man um, and that franchise, um, I feel like, I mean, Mortal Kombat is is still relevant. Um, it's still going. Um, I mean, a movie just came out, so the franchise isn't going anywhere, and I mean, yeah, it, it it just, again, it's been said already, but I'm just going to go for Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat has a three to nothing lead. It's moving on to the Elite Eight, but I want to hear from everybody. Jason, you're up, sir. All right, the pressure's off for a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking, I mean, it doesn't matter at this point, but um, I was thinking about Pac-Man, and everyone's talking about you know the amount of quarters that they put into the machine and i honestly think that i put more quarters into ms pac-man than any of the originals or even super pac-man or or any of the modern iterations for sure and ms pac-man is actually not even 
created by Namco. It was created by a separate company. It was it was originally, I think, its own game, and then it became a mod or something like that. Uh, so it, it's actually not even an official, I guess. I mean, it is official now, but it didn't start as an official Pac-Man game. So it kind of swayed me to Mortal Kombat. Um, so I was going to vote for the MK series. Mortal Kombat has its fourth vote, and it's in danger of sweeping its way to the Elite Eight. We're going to go to Tony and find out if that's the case. I I do have one slight correction to uh, the game mechanics. I, I do want to put out, point out that uh, there was a whole entire minigame segment in one of the games called Motor Combat. And that is uh, exactly what it sounds like. It is a go-kart racing minigame inside of Mortal Kombat um, <laughs> using the characters. Um I mean, when we look at this game series as a whole, like, this is the reason we have game ratings. Like, the ESRB was made because of Mortal Kombat. It, it's had such an impact on so many things, whether it's the way we play video games, the way we, you know, buy video games, the way we view video games. It was probably the first successful video game movie. I mean, there were others, but I wouldn't say that they stay in the the, the thought of people. Um, but I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. It, it's a wonderful fighting game. I've I've fought in for it since the very beginning, so definitely got guys has my vote here. Mortal Kombat sweeps its way into the Elite Eight, and we are down to our final pick of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. We have got. The battle of some of our childhoods. It is going to be the three-seed Super Smash Brothers, which smashed its way past both Guitar Hero and Tetris to get here, taking on Star Fox. It blasted its way through Twisted Metal and Mario Kart, if you can believe it. Talk about a first-place shell. How about that? It's all right. You know what? Super Smash Brothers, Star Fox, and we're kicking it off with Stu. Out of all the choices that were in this bracket, I think this is the one that haunted me the most. And the one that I really don't want to choose between and the one that I start off with. <laughs> you know, I it's hard to even put it into words. It really is. For everything that both of these games are, you know, Smash Bros. doesn't really have much of a story, but as as what the game is itself, oh my god, it's fan- and especially nowadays too, to where it's not even just Nintendo characters anymore that are coming against each other. It's outside of the franchise, and guest appearances can happen from anywhere. Hell, Final Fantasy is in Smash Brothers. Star Fox, <laughs> it's limited in what it's produced, and everything it's produced is generally great. <sighs> But what did I spend countless days with my friends playing? It was Smash Brothers. I spent so much time playing Star Fox and going through you know, all the different pathways I could on Star Fox 64. But I spent infinitely more time with Super Smash Brothers Melee especially, but just Smash Bros. in general with my friends. I gotta give it to Smash Bros. Super Smash Brothers picks up its first vote. Jennifer, lock in your vote. 
So I don't I don't have the I guess emotional history with Star Fox that a lot of people do. Um so and I and I've I've gone over that in past episodes. So I'm just gonna go ahead and lay it down. I'm going with Super Smash Bros. on this one because I just I like it more. I have more experience with it. Super Smash Brothers is a commanding two to nothing lead. We're gonna keep this moving with Jason. Yeah, Stu Stu hit on what I was gonna talk about. It was the the outside appeal of certain other games infiltrating the Super Smash Brothers world. You know, you've got Sonic the Hedgehog now, you got Street Fighter, Minecraft characters. Uh, and one in particular, Sephiroth, sticks out because uh, I, I know my son came up to once and he was laughing, saying that uh, on his Discord channel, a lot of the younger kids were excited for this new character and they had no idea it was from Final Fantasy, but it got them excited for it. And the fact that Super Smash Brothers is still being talked about as much as it is and being played as much as it is over Star Fox, which is a fantastic game. Uh, leads me to believe it is a better franchise right now than Star Fox. So Super Smash Brothers for me. Super Smash Brothers has smashed its way. It's going to the Elite Eight. Unfortunately, Star Fox will be going home, but let's hear from everybody else. Let's start with Tony. Tony, what do you think? So, yeah, I mean, Stu said it well, um, and, and Jason followed up pretty pretty damn well, too. I mean... Star Fox 64, I think we've talked about it quite a few times, is probably one of the best games on the Nintendo 64. Uh, short of Ocarina of Time and Super Mario 64, um, don't think it has much competition outside of those two games. Uh, but then you look at Super Smash Bros, and it has arguably one of the best GameCube games uh, outside of fighting Mario Sunshine. Um Super Smash Bros. Melee is probably, or not Melee, Brawl. Brawl uh, is probably, no, it is Melee. I'm getting them backwards right now. Sorry. Super Smash Bros. Melee is probably the best iteration of this game. Um, and that's insane because it's only gotten better somehow. Um, like Jason was saying, they've got Sephiroth, who is an awesome character, I mean, they added Steve and Alex from Minecraft, for crying out loud. Like, when you can grab... And, and I know we didn't have Minecraft on this uh, this list for very specific reasons that we won't get back into. But Minecraft is probably one of the most important video games there are right now. And specific video game. When you're pulling stuff like that and you're still being recognized as the bigger object, it, it's got to go to Super Smash Bros. Super Smash Brothers is a four to nothing lead. Steven, do we have another sweep? Yeah, um, I, I think we do because Star Fox, it's Star Fox 64. Nobody's advancing this franchise based off of Star Fox Adventures or Star Fox Assault. It's one chef's kiss of a game. But Smash Brothers is a consistently good game that just kind of keeps expanding and giving us more of what we want. And it's, you could argue, almost the same game every time, and yet somehow it improves every time. So, yeah, it's it's a better franchise. It's, it, it is so good that the characters within it are 
becoming more famous for being in Smash Brothers than from the original games. It's happened to some of the characters. So, yeah, Smash Brothers all the way. Sorry, Star Fox. Super Smash Brothers has swept its way to the Elite Eight. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the Sweet 16. Just to recap, the Elite Eight is going to feature the one seed of Super Mario Brothers against the two seed Sonic the Hedgehog. That is out of the platform bracket. Out of the RPG section, shot, stop me if you've heard this before, it's the one seed, Pokemon, taking on the two seed of Final Fantasy. Over in the action-adventure bracket, you've got the one seed of Legend of Zelda taking on the three seed of Halo. And then over in the miscellaneous bracket, you have got, uh, finally, not one, twos, and threes, you're going to have the five seed Mortal Kombat taking on, actually, the three seed of Super Smash Brothers. And that'll all happen along with crowning a champion on the next episode if you're enjoying the boozy bracketology podcast find our new facebook group the lounge fans of pub trivia experience and boozy bracketology that is a place you can come on there and tell all of us what did we get right or more importantly what did we get wrong are people really still mad at jason about being the only person to vote against legend of zelda tell us i'm I'm curious to know what you think listen If you're enjoying the episodes, if you're enjoying what we do here at the Boozy Bractology Podcast, and you want to support us in a different way, patreon.com slash p-t-e-b-b is your home for all of the exclusive bonus content, not only for the Boozy Bractology Podcast, but for our sister podcast, the Pub Trivia Experience. All of our exclusive content will be there, including... A monthly bracket revisited. So once this bracket is over, we're going to bring a few of our panelists back and we're going to discuss what went right, what went so very, very wrong, and answer the question, were we right? It's going to be fun. Don't forget, leave us a five-star rating, write us a review. That'd be amazing. Uh, Instagram is Boozy Bracketology. Twitter at Boozy Brackets. Neither here nor there. For the Boozy Bracketology Podcast, I have been Chris. I've been Tony. I've been Steven. I've been Stu. I've been Jen. I've been Jason. And we will see you all again next time. Have a good one.